if you do CrossFit and you haven't seen us CrossFit video, you are missing out on what I think is ba should basically be in the CrossFit documentary in 20 years from now. Welcome back to another episode of the Casually Fit Life Podcast. We are your hosts, Tyler Fisher. Anthony Mobile, welcome to our podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I don't know when you guys are hearing this, but it's like pretty soon after Thanksgiving for us. So uh, I don't know. I hope you uh, had a good Thanksgiving, however many months ago that was for you. Yeah, maybe by the time the episode comes out, we won't have COVID anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that might be a little ambitious, but that would be beautiful. Well, look, there's no COVID in my house. There's no COVID on your island. So I think we're, we're doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say, I'll give a shout out to everyone who's doing all the right stuff. Staying home, wearing masks, being safe, distancing, staying healthy and exercising. I appreciate it more than you know. 100%. Especially if you're doing all of those things at the exact same time. Of course, of course. <laughs> so on our topics for today, so the first topic that we'll go over is how to critique a how-to on critiquing and giving coaching cues to people, or this could be non, this can be more generalized than coaching. It could be just good life advice. Yep. Then we'll briefly talk about the very rigorous study of bro science. And uh, Ty called it a philosophical deep dive or a philosophical dive into the science of bros. And yep. then finally, which a topic I'm super interested on is how to make friends as adults without defaulting to alcohol. And that could be other drugs too. So without alcohol, but okay with other drugs or, or yeah. Yeah. Well, let's say with no drugs and then we can talk about, I mean, it's super easy to make friends with like hallucinogenics because then you just sit by yourself and take them and then friends appear. Exactly. All right. Awesome. I love it. All right, so what do we got? First one, how to critique. I like this one. I like this one. All right, bring us on. Start, the, get the ball rolling. Sure. So like you just said, this goes for coaching in the gym um, or on the field or wherever it is, but also with outside, outside of like the fitness world, outside of athleticism, it just applies to everything. Um, and it's funny because like at work, I – I had to give this presentation recently about how I do one of the things uh, in my job. And I think I did a good job. That's me personally saying that. Um, who knows what <laughs> they thought. But my approach that I took with that was the exact same approach that I take when I'm coaching someone in the gym. And that is one little piece of information at a time. Because the most common mistake that I see with new coaches in the gym is they try and correct everything at once. Yep. And unless someone is like a super hyper athlete, like on some crazy next level, uh, it's just overwhelming and you don't correct anything because you have too many things to think about. I'm much more the slow methodical, pick one thing. There could be seven other things that look like a train wreck, but as long as you're doing the one thing that I told you about right, we're just gonna do it again and again. And then I'll pick something else when I think you're ready. Yeah, and CrossFit actually has a really cool, uh, the hierarchy of movements and its core 
two extremity. So you start with the midline and the spinal safety of that movement. Think of deadlift, right? If their heels are up and their knees are in and they're rounding their back, you can only fix one. Prioritize the spine first. Exactly. I, I would say a pet peeve of mine is when you're in the gym and there are multiple coaches mm -hmm. in the area and you know, maybe they're not like your client specifically, they're just kind of in the gym and you're just trying to help them. And um, you do that, you take that approach, you give them one thing, but you know there's seven other things that need to be fixed, but you gave them the one thing and then somebody else chimes in with the other thing and then somebody else chimes in with the other thing. Yes. And they've just completely undermined your entire strategy. <laughs> yes, it drives me crazy. It's so common. And it might not even be a coach. It could just be like another member who sees something, which in that case, it's a little easier to uh, kind of position yourself as the authority. But when it's another coach, then it's like, all right, I don't want to discredit them, but you know. Well, they mean well, and they're not wrong. So that's the hardest part about this. You know, they want you to be safe. They want you to be to move better, but you have to realize that trust the process, trust the plan, trust the coach, stick to one thing at a time. So it's good to hear that like, hey, you know, your back's around and that's my target. For the next three weeks, the only thing I'm gonna think about is this. And then someone's like, hey, you're, uh, you know, your hips are higher than your shoulders. You're like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. I'm gonna remember that for one second and then just go right back to my, my plans. Right, exactly. I think, um one of the things you can do when you're working with somebody new, you know, if, uh, if they're coming into your gym for the first time and you have like some sort of foundations program or something that you're putting them through, if you think of it and if you have the opportunity, tell them that exact thing, tell them yeah. how you plan on improving them over time and how they might get several cues from different coaches and different classes or whatever. And that's all good and fine, not wrong but just tell them like always, you know, one thing at a time kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's a good strategy for any, anything really just yeah. focus on one piece. And then when that piece is cleaned up, move along. Cause it'll make you overall better in the long run. Cause you need to like lock the habit down and turn it into how you are. And then you can add something on top of it. 100%. I don't think we're going to have much controversy on that idea right there. Um, yeah. But okay, so giving cues or not just cues necessarily, but maybe you could think of it as like feedback or critiques of, it might not be movement. It could be, you know, how you're setting up, someone setting up their training schedule or something. It could be anything, right? Like how to give yep. feedback or critique on those things. Um, the one thing at a time would still apply, I think, but moving on beyond that, some other things that I could think of, let me know what else pops into your mind, but um, just kind of how you, how you do tell someone that maybe what they're doing is not the most effective way, not necessarily wrong, but maybe inefficient or, or maybe it is wrong. Maybe it's incorrect. Are you uh, talking about me and my wife? Is that what, is that what happens? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Load the dishwasher. There's a, there's a pattern. But you can't say it like that. You have to say it differently. You have to be more artful in your approach. <laughs> yes, and it so, is an art, the art of critiques. Yeah. It's almost like I, I've only read the book once a long time ago, but the, the title is very telling, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. 
uh, I don't even know, I can't remember what the book says at all, but that idea of winning people over and kind of influencing them in a softer way, that's how you got to approach it. In that case, if I'm trying to convince my wife how to load the dishwasher, I'm going to convince her that it was her idea and that's what's going to make it all better. You're like, hey, that last week you loaded the dishwasher this way and it was like super easy to pull everything back out. Could you like do that again? And she's going to be like, wait, what did I do? I'm like, oh, you put these over here, but we're only going to look at like one little piece of the dishwasher at a time. You right. put all the forks in this one spot. It was amazing. Perfect. <laughs> so I listened to this cool podcast series and uh, it's called Manager Tools. And Manager Tools has a couple different uh, pieces or principles, first principles that they like to provide and giving feedback is one of them. And there's, this is two step, a two-step process. One, immediacy is really important, especially if it's someone not like not fitness related, but it does help with fitness. As soon as you see something, that's the best time to bring it up because it's right there. You know, it's not like I have to have a meeting with you. Let's sit down and talk about the mistakes that you've made because that's daunting when you hear that. Yeah. Um, so the other, the second part is saying, Hey, can I give you some feedback? And if they say yes, you give them the feedback, but if they say no, you got to accept that and just move along. You know, yeah. and I find that with some athletes, that's hard sometimes, or like, you know, there's someone doing something out and you just like, you want to correct them because you're a coach on the floor and you're just like, Hey, can I give you uh, you up for some coaching real quick? Like, do you have a minute? Can I help you? And if they say, no, I'm good, just be like, oh, cool, man. Good job. Keep it up. There is one exception. And if it's like, if they're being obtuse and it's dangerous. Yeah, if it's unsafe. Yeah, they're doing one-arm muscle-ups with uh, rings stapled to the ceiling. Maybe you want to like, maybe make some readjustments or at least give them a helmet. Yeah, right. No, I like those two. I like that. I like the both of them for outside of fitness too. Just that little, like the way it changes the mindset when you say, Hey, can I give you some feedback? Mm -hmm. Because like most, who's really going to say no. Like if you know the person or if they're your boss, obviously, or whatever, but if mm -hmm. you have a relationship with them, you're probably just going to say, yeah, sure. Right. Right. And in the podcast series, which I'd highly recommend because their series is free. Um, as a boss, if you say, hey, can I give you some feedback? And they say no, you have to respect their answer. Yeah, you should. I, You have to, because then you break the, the chain of command, right? Because then you're not asking and being like a team player. You're being, they use some more uh, concise language than I did. And it's a really short and easy listen, but you know, you have to have the conversation open. So that way they can give you feedback and you can give them feedback. And then it creates a good, like a good experience. I would think, I think that's just like a good uh, rule in general, like for life. If you're going to, if you're not going to accept no for an answer, then you shouldn't ask someone yes or no. That's a good theme for 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise um, you getting canceled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then once you give the feedback, I mean, I, we've all heard of the criticism sandwich. And I don't necessarily like that because it means you have to find two good things and one thing to correct. You know, I, I understand taking getting, getting feedback is hard, but you know, everybody wants you to perform better. And this is where it's tricky because it's from their perspective. They want you to do better, 
doing something this way. So taking the feedback, realizing that it's not personal is super hard, but it'll definitely pay off. Yeah, it is definitely tough to take feedback and criticism uh, openly. I think I, you know, it is definitely tough. Um, another thing that I that you hear a lot that I don't necessarily agree with is, you know, I understand. Like, I I agree that language and how you use it is super important. But there's people who are really hardcore about saying, oh, you should never say tell people what not to do it's like a negative connotation always tell them what to do i don't necessarily agree with that i think that i'm with you i think that's mostly some hippy dippy like <laughs> like you heard yeah, one, tell them what you want i'm sure that applies in a lot of situations but i'm sure it also doesn't matter in most situations <laughs> just yeah. how, how do you communicate that negative thing are you are you you know casting shame on them and making them feel bad about it or are you simply explaining <laughs> you know yeah i think what would be really hard is to give someone some negative feedback but smile at them the whole time <laughs> or like that was really bad but like i know you can do better right and what are they going to be like hmm, right. no way they'll definitely like awkward smile and at least like step away and then uh -huh. you have to give them some time to like process that too yeah. You know, because it's normal to be mad and then angry and then you like come down to this place of reason and you're like, yeah, yeah, it probably makes sense. For sure. I would say I can think of one other thing on this topic. I don't know what else you got, but mm -hmm. one other thing that I got that I thought was really good. I heard from Jocko. You listen to Jocko yeah. at all? Yeah. I don't listen to him all the time, but I listen to him every, watch the clips and stuff. And the one thing he, the one clip I saw, he was talking about, somebody asked a question about like being direct with someone and shooting someone straight, you know what I mean? Like I'm a straight shooter, I tell it like it is. I think a lot of times we, we think of that as being like how, like an admirable, noble way to be. Like, oh, I tell, I'm honest with people. I tell them, I shoot them straight, you know? Like oh, everybody's like, I wish I could be that. Um, he actually coming from him it's surprising because you'd look at him as like a, a really like alpha person who probably would do that um mm -hmm. but he actually had a different point of view on it he was like look at the end of the day as a leader whether i'm in the military or in business or at home or whatever it is it's not about being like the one who gets the credit or shooting someone straight or whatever it's about getting the other person to do what you want them to do yeah yeah, and sometimes the most effective way is to not be direct with someone. Yeah, so knowing your audience, that's what I had in my notes too. So you okay. need to know who you're talking to. Know who you're talking to and what you're talking about and what it means to them Yeah, and how they respond to those things, yeah. Yeah, I could totally be open to someone. You know, let's take, uh, you know, a clean and jerk. If I do a clean and jerk and someone's like watching me and I want them to come up and be like, that was fucking terrible. You know that, right? Cause I do know that right. I know, like, I know how much effort I put in and I, sometimes I need to be called out on that stuff, you know, but I definitely have a client where I, if I was like, yeah, that was awful. They're going to lose it. And our relationship is going to be broken. So knowing, knowing your audience is important and it takes time to develop. So I think you have to start from a place of encouragement and this, um, I don't want to say a fake personality, but you have to like 
be encouraging, kind, soft, and gentle. And then as you know them, you can turn more into the kind of person that they need you to be. Yeah, definitely. As you build that relationship. Like I could yeah. think of an example, like um, this isn't like a real life example. This is just something I'm kind of thinking of. It probably happens all the time though. Like if you're in a gym where there's multiple trainers and a bunch of clients, maybe you are always, maybe you find yourself trying to help this client occasionally and they never listen to you, but they always listen to another trainer. Oh, that's the worst. So one thing you could do is just you, next time you try and help them, you could just give them the advice and then they're going to give you that like fake. Okay. Uh-huh. Cause you know that they're not listening cause they never listen to you. And then you just slip in there. Yeah. That's what John told me or that's how John teaches it. Oh, nice. And then you just kind of like, so I don't know, maybe try it out. That seems to work for him and his clients or whatever. And then maybe that'll click in their head and they will try it. And then the next time you come to talk to them, maybe you won't have to throw that in there. Maybe they'll actually just listen to you this time. Yeah. So there's like the importance of having different coaches because, you know, I teach a certain way, a certain style, and then you teach the same thing, maybe the same style, but your vocab is different than mine. And that person just hears like hollow and they go, Oh, okay. But I'm saying like compress and someone else is saying like crunch and it's three different words. We're all trying to get the same outcome, but Ty's way clicks with Julie and my way clicks with Tom. And that's why it's important to, to hear multiple things, to see it from different points of view. And if you get the same feedback from multiple people, it's probably your fault. It's probably on you. And they're probably right. They're probably right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd say like, if you hear the same feedback from two people, maybe like sit down and think about it. If you hear the same feedback from three people, that it's, it's solid. That's a solid piece. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta look in the mirror at that point. Yeah. So the last thing that I put down is test and retest, because at the end of the day, when you give someone feedback, you're trying to create a change. So I put down, record some video, track numbers, measure range of motion. Objectivity is key because that's at the end of the day, if you don't want them to take it personally, that you're saying you suck, not we can make this better. You know, you track it and you look and compare between the two. And as a coach, if I approach it a certain way and it's not changing, I can't just expect them to change if I keep trying to go about it the same exact way. 100%. Pick, pick some, something that you could test that makes sense to what you're trying to fix. Yeah. That's easily trackable and measurable and all that. Yeah. That's a, a life skill, making everything trackable or measurable. Yep. Awesome. Anything else to throw in there? I don't think so. I like, uh, I like having this conversation. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a, it is, well, this next one we said was going to be philosophical, but this one kind of is too, you know, like, like how to lead someone towards a goal, you know, like how to coach. Yeah. Before we started rolling, Ty and I were talking a little bit about the difficulties in leadership and, and leadership is really challenging. Super challenging. That's why there's like a few leaders and a lot of followers because it's, it's scary to get up there. It takes bravery and then even if you're brave enough, you have to like have the skills to stay there. Yeah. Let's, let's go deeper on that some other time because that would be a fun topic. Yeah. And if you guys have any uh, like cool resources about critiquing or ways that you've learned or books that you've read or videos, drop a link under the video on YouTube or Facebook and we'll look into it and we'll add it to our deep dive. Yeah. 100%. Awesome. So next topic now, 
the complete opposite of leadership. <laughs> the complete opposite of good gym etiquette. <laughs> yes. Uh, bro science. Bro science. Yes. I love this topic, actually. Both the YouTube channel and the broader term. Yes. And I, I do want to say bros include the ladies. Yeah, for sure. The ladies are bros. It's a, I don't know. I don't know a term if there's one as popular as bro. But if you, uh, how do you know you're a bro, Ty? You have any indicators that you're doing something that's bro sciency? I think everybody's a bro, first of all. I cool. think it's just who are you a bro to? You know? Good point. That's Good all point. it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if you lift, bro. Whoa. It just matters, it just matters who who you're a bro to. Okay. Um, but the bro science aspect of it. So my big takeaway from for this conversation that I think I'm trying to get at here is going to be this right here. This is my message on bro science is that I think often in maybe more in circles that might consider themselves to be a little more intellectual, um, there is more value in bro science than is sometimes given credit to. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, the problem is that it's bro science <laughs> and it's really hard to quantify and measure and study. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the bros would like to do it, but well, if you study it, it's not bro science anymore. So you're creating a contradiction. True. That's a good point. That's a, that's a valid point. Let's not go too far into it because I'm going with my bro theory here. I don't want to contradict it. <laughs> yeah. We got to take it slow, but no, I think, you know, are we all going to act as though we only ever put faith in hard science and that the things that our family and friends say to us don't mean anything and are always not accurate? Like, you know, that's kind of what bro science is. It's your family and your friends telling you what worked for them in the gym. And yeah, that's that community telling you that as well. Yep. So in uh, evidence-based practice, which is like the hot thing in everything, I guess, in medicine right now. So you have three pieces. So you have the evidence, that's your research paper, but it doesn't have to be, it can be anecdotal, right? So yeah. what do you see and what are the outcomes? If you can track it between the two, then it's considered, a, it's considered evidence. But when you say it, most people think peer-reviewed, you know, double-blind, placebo-controlled study. Yeah. Then you have um, clinical expertise. So this is kind of like where most of the bro science falls. So it's what do you see that works that you don't necessarily track? So this is your anecdotal evidence. How many, how many times do you give someone a scoop of creatine or like a scoop of sugar powder and tell them it's like blueberry pre-workout and they like rage in PR? Right. So then there's the, the third one and this one gets overlooked a lot patient preference or client preference what do they like if they don't like it even though it's science-based and there's anecdotal evidence it's not going to work because they're just not going to do it yeah true so bro science falls in my opinion halfway between clinical expertise and patient preference 
halfway in between. Yeah, so there's some overlap. It's a Venn diagram with a third, third section, I guess, of the diagram off to the side. I like it. Yeah, in my mind, it's almost like, you know it's bro science when somebody's telling you like, yo, trust me, I know this works. Yes. I don't know why, like I can't go into the science. Now they might not say that, they might try and go into the science and then they're like, I don't really remember what it's called or that or whatever. But you're like, I, I'm pretty sure this works because it worked for me and it worked for that guy and that girl and those three people over there. Mm -hmm. so just do it. Doesn't I don't know. It works. That's All right. Can a bro, can a bro make a recommendation that they have financial compensation from? Oh, like a sponsor or something, something like that. Yeah, or like Arbon, or uh, you know, I sell supplements, but they're my supplements. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't, it doesn't matter who you are or what your credentials are. If you're sponsored by someone, um, it's not that I'm not going to buy the thing. I'm just completely not listening to your, <laughs> your recommendations, you know? Yep. I'll so look at somebody is, else's review of your product, a third party review, or maybe I just like you and I don't care whether or not it works and I'll try it anyways, just because, yep. but I'm not going to buy it because I believe that what you're telling me is true. Yeah, right, right. I could be convinced otherwise, but it would be very difficult if you have any like gains from me buying this product. Yeah, yeah. No, bros, bros sponsorships are like a double whammy though. <laughs> At least if you have like a legit science, you, you yeah. can, it'll be harder for you to not believe that because yeah. they're hitting you with all this hard facts and data. But the bro science, you're just like, uh-uh, not buying that shit. So. What's funny in my eyes is I'm pretty sure, and this is a theory that I have, is that bro science is a way to convince someone to keep doing the boring stuff so they get results. I like, I don't think of it that way. I've never thought of it that way, but I love that application of it. It's a Dumbo and the magic feather. Yeah, I love the application of it right there. Cause that's right, cause, Yeah, so like supplements is usually what I think of with bro science, or you could do a workout program, but usually people just rip those from Wikipedia. I'm right. just kidding, from bodybuilding.com or T-Nation or whatever, it's cool. But they're like, oh, dude, I, I bought my elk antler spray, so I hit it, but I have to do, I have to do my curls and my squats within like two hours. Otherwise, like it's going to be a waste of my gains. And that spray is not doing anything, but they're going to the gym. They're doing what they're, they said they were going to do because they're taking this supplement. And it kind of like, it's a, it's a placebo snowball. Yeah. And that's real. You know, we yeah. know that that's real yep. placebo effect. So like, can't completely discount it, but um, what was I just thinking? I was thinking like bro science Here's my filter for bro science. And this is just my personal filter. I think it's a great one. And I think everybody should use it. But again, it's just my personal one. It's no, no, no other validation beyond that. And it's if the person who's telling me the thing, whether it's on the internet or in person or whatever, whatever they're telling me, if they're better at the thing than I am, I'll at least try it. <laughs> If they've got more money than me and they're telling me this 
bro sciencey way to invest or, or whatever do with my personal finances, I'll mm-hmm. look into it. They've got more money than me. Right, right. You know what I mean? They're and doing the something guy, that I want to be better at. Right. If the guy in the gym is telling me some crazy voodoo way to clean and jerk more and he cleans 100 pounds more than me, I'll think about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my filter. Wow, 100 pounds more than you. Like, that's a lot. I'm just saying. I'll, I'll probably listen to that guy about a lot of things. I'll listen to that guy. Even if he's like telling you to always pause at the knee when you're going for a max lift and, and do it on one foot. I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> probably, it might not work for you. <laughs> but hey, if it's working for him, I'll look into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So when we say bro, bro science, the only guy I think of is Don Mazzetti. Yeah, because he like stole the term. <laughs> and he owned it. Like he, he, yeah, he won the award and we should have named bro science after him, but he came after. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It's a paradox. Yeah, it's time travel. It's proof of time travel. You know what? If he could time travel, I probably would believe it. Yeah. So if you haven't checked out Don Mazzetti and Bro Science Life, first of all, I'm super impressed because of the sheer amount of content he comes out with takes a lot of thought. So yeah. like satire is hard. 100%. I, I've said this a couple years ago after watching one of his videos and I still think, I think he is by far in the competition, in the realm as being one of the funniest people on the internet. Wow. Yeah, I think so. And when I say funny, I also mean like skillful at being funny too. Yeah, it's like stand-up comedy. Yeah, it might not be the joke that makes you laugh all the time, mm-hmm. but like the skill that he has to do what he does, like you said, as much as he does, is pretty, it's like, it's high level as far as that is concerned. If you do CrossFit and you haven't seen his CrossFit video, you are missing out on what I think is ba- should basically be in the CrossFit documentary in 20 years from now. Yeah, it should be, well, it should be shown to anybody who's starting it for the first time just to make sure you don't do those things. <laughs> like, don't give him any more ammo. Don't yes, do just stop giving him ammo. <laughs> he, and he unloads on it. Yeah, yeah. But no, but yeah. I, think, I think the big thing, like, with bro science overall, not the channel, but... It's just, look, it's, it's anecdotal evidence mm-hmm. from people who have been doing whatever it is, like listen to people who've been doing it longer than you and who are being more successful than you, then you can, you know, look into it. That's what I would say. I want to say this guy's name because I, I don't even want to say his name though, because he like makes me angry, but like, you know, those Ty Lopez commercials, he uh. is betting on bro science that's what he is hey guys welcome i want to tell you about my plan to make you a couple hundred extra oh hold on i gotta walk around my four lamborghinis yeah he's He's rich finance guy bro finance yeah finance yeah so he like they're selling you not on the product they're selling you on their personal success okay okay maybe it's a thing but how many times have you seen a Ty Lopez video and quickly realized that he probably has more money than you? And you said, all right, I'm going to watch a couple more seconds of this. Yeah, I was curious. I've watched him a bunch of times. 
Exactly. I'm not going to like claim innocence there. Right. He, Same. I, he's got me sitting here looking. Dude, he had the balls to put up a YouTube ad that was something like, you know, that shows before your video shows that you yeah. can skip after a couple seconds. That was like 25 minutes long. What? And now you can, you can skip it after like five or 10 seconds, whatever it is. I watched pretty far into that thing, man. Like, like 15 minute mark or whatever. So I'm not going to claim innocence here. I'm guilty. The thing is for the longest time, I didn't even know what he did. I still don't really know what he does other than sell people on his courses to teach you what he does. So we'll get him on next episode. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, <laughs> join. Hi Lopez. You are perplexing me. You're an enigma. Who, who are you and what do you do? Yeah. But, um, I don't know. That's all I got on bro science. There's not a whole lot there. Yeah. I think the moral of the story to overgeneralize because everyone loves overgeneralizations is, uh, don't be too quick to shoot it down, but maybe think twice before you try yourself. Yeah. And I mean, look, that should be with everything anyways, regardless of how convincing it seems on the surface. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I completely agree. But I like I like bro science. It makes me laugh and and especially Don Mazzetti, he's making jokes, so don't be too hard on him. Yeah, it's their jokes. Yeah, he is disgusting and says some pretty raunchy things. Yeah, they're dirty jokes. They're bad. They're 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 off color sometimes, but uh yeah, they're jokes. Watch the CrossFit video, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Now, this topic this is super challenging, I think, especially in late 2020, because no one can see anybody because everyone's going to die. So how to make friends and keep friends as an adult without inebriating substances. Right. So I know that we both have the same answer and it's join a gym, but we're super biased on that. Yeah, but I mean, you can extrapolate that, right? Like what I wrote down, which join a gym is an example of, but it was just, you know, find a hobby, sign up for classes about the hobby. Yep. There's got to be something you're interested in, you know, like a lot of, I think there are a lot of people who maybe feel as though they don't have a hobby per se, like, may, you know, maybe, maybe they do go to a CrossFit gym and that is their mm -hmm. hobby but maybe they don't consider it a hobby maybe they consider it just part of like being healthy but they're looking for another hobby there's something there's a hundred percent something i'm um, probably way more than one thing yeah yeah it's it i do know kind of like i understand the feeling of not knowing what your hobby might be uh, but you can find it you just got to try some different things you can sign up for different classes uh pretty cheaply now yeah. like you just said you know during this time, they might not be in-person classes, which kind of makes it tougher, but also actually might open the door. For example, uh, this just popped in my mind. I've been taking these, I've been doing like learning Spanish, as you know, and mm -hmm. part of that is I've recently started like talking to people online in Spanish and like this guy lives in Spain. This other guy lives in Colombia. Like if I was only doing in-person stuff, I would never talk to them, right? No, never. And you probably would be better at speaking Spanish this way than if you just had a local tutor. Exactly. So, 
I guess there's downsides and upsides to uh, being forced to figure out how to do things online, right? Porque no los dos. <laughs> Porque no los dos. Love that thing. <laughs> um, so I think one of the, okay, this is a little life hack. So I have a Google Pixel, right? So if I swipe left on my home screen or swipe to the right, it gives me a news feed. Mm, okay. Google, Facebook, Amazon, they know everything about me. So they're going to feed me news articles that I want to read. Yes. I so get what I would all the time. Yeah. So what I would do, if you don't think you have a hobby, write down the subject of each of these little news stories and you see which ones are the common ones. And then you see what you like. Like the first three things that come up on mine, um, Cyberpunk 2077, which is a super cool video game by CD Projekt Red. I'm interested in some video games. Um, Ellen DeGeneres test positive for COVID. I think everyone just gets COVID news, but I search a lot about COVID. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I get Aptera opens orders for electric vehicle that doesn't need charging. So you have a video game, electron, electric cars, and some news about coronavirus. So like those are three things that I could find a community to talk to or some people to hang out with. Electric vehicles are pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know much about them, but that's something I can talk to people that I know and help me transition into friends. Exactly. And even on your own, like, because again, because of coronavirus and not being able to go out and meet people, but also this might just be a useful tip to elevate when you are actually meeting people is to learn more about the subject itself anyways. Yeah. You actually have more to talk about when you go to meet these people, right? Like if yeah. you're, you have just like a basal level interest in electric cars, maybe you can sign up for a super cheap, you don't even have to sign up. You can go on YouTube if you want, but maybe you want yeah. some curriculum. So you sign up for a super cheap online course about the very basics of how that stuff works. Mm -hmm. Five or 10 bucks takes you a couple hours or maybe you do it over the course of a couple weeks, whatever. You learn a lot. You're super interested in it. Now you go out to Wawa. Somebody has an electric car sitting there. You just say, oh, hey, nice car. And then they're like, thanks. And then you say something like a little deeper about it and they get it too. And yeah, you know, something forms like that. Yeah. So it's like pra practicing being friends in an uncomfortable situation too, because now you're like, uh, you're cold, cold approaching. What, there's like, a, there's this book called The Game, which is about pickup. Um, oh yeah, yeah 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 it's pretty popular but a lot of the same principles apply to like meeting people and starting casual conversations and some of it's just fear yeah well how much easier is it to do like if you sell um life insurance the classic example how easy how much easier is it to do it do a cold call with that when you know everything about it you're oh my god so easy versus when you're just starting and you barely like have everything memorized and you're looking shit up and you don't quite remember what everything means. Mm -hmm. Like that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Cause you just don't know. Yeah. You're so, hoping, at that point you're hoping you can sucker someone into like being like your client or your friend. You're uh -huh. just kind of bullshitting it. I put together a list. I would say four, four things that, um, four tips, four tips for meeting people. So joining a gym is a super easy one. Now, when Ty and I talk about a gym, we're not talking about LA or Planet Fitness usually, but you can join those gyms. And this is tip number two, being a regular, go to the same place at about the same time often. And that's one thing that you guys have in common immediately. 
We yeah. both go to Wawa at 2 p.m. every day for a coffee and a, a hoagie, right? You guys have probably like a similar work schedule. Those people with similar work schedules typically have similar like lifestyles and similar careers even because who's free at two o'clock on a Tuesday? Every week. Of course, of course. So that could also be going to uh, you know a coffee shop or a diner. And I think that more people are open to casual conversation than you think even if you think it's a lot. Yeah, everybody feels that way too. Like mm -hmm. everybody kind of, not everybody, but a lot of people kind of wouldn't mind somebody to come up and talk to them about something that they're interested in, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're just sitting at the coffee shop, mm -hmm. uh, but you don't want to do that to somebody else. Yeah, you want somebody to come say hi to you. Yeah. So be the person that you want to interact with you. Exactly, yeah. So then the, uh, the other one is the cheap one that I feel like is gaining traction is an app. So there are apps for friend finders and I'm not going to call out any specific ones, but there are hobby based activities. So you pick where you live, you put in the things that you like to do and they match you up in groups of people. And what's nice about those is they're typically group outings. So you don't feel the pressure of having to maintain a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody right. and having something to do aside from talking makes the system like or the whole thing low pressure. Yes, 100%. I agree, I agree completely. Yeah, you run out of things to say and then you just go back to it. So when there's drinking, you know, people stop talking, you reach forward, you grab your drink, you put it down, you're like. That's the thing, yeah, that's the other activity. Right, right. Exactly. So then the last one I had is work on a hobby. So Ty already talked about how you could go about that. And uh, this generally makes you interesting. Be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I agree 100%. Like if you tell me that you carve ice trees, you carve trees out of ice. That's so cool. Like tell me more. <laughs> yeah, who? Actually, I need to know someone who carves trees out of ice because that's pretty nifty. Yeah. Tell me more. I'd love to hear this, you know. So the friends will come to you at that point. Yeah, yeah. So if you are doing those things, then you'll probably start to find commonalities. What's even better is if you have one person who fits in multiple circles, because now you guys, if you match up on two things, might as well be best friends. Might as well be best friends. <laughs> Get married, have a family. I don't know what, what happens, whatever. <laughs> but one of the things that you can do is you can skip all of those be interesting pieces and you could be interested. I, I love it. I don't even know what else to say to that other than I love it. And you can, you can actually tie it back actually to um, what we're talking about leadership in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't want to derail this conversation, but one of the things like two main styles of leadership. One is like being kind of the go-to like, Oh, what do we do? And then the other one being, I'm going to listen to what everybody else has to say and then yep. make up a decision. So it's like, if you don't have anything to say, you just listen intently. It's kind of what you're getting at here. Yep. You know, yeah, I don't so carve the trees out of ice, but you tell me you do, I'm going to dive into that. Yeah. I want to know the more, you know, about a topic, the more interested I am in hearing you talk about it. So if you're fired up about, you know, wheel sizes in commercial cars, 
that's super foreign to me and I know nothing about it. But if you're super into it, I'm going to be following along. Try to anyways, right? Yeah, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to what you're saying. Yeah. I think, I think it is like a common theme I'm hearing here is one, like don't be afraid to just talk to new people randomly when you're out and about, you know, just like even just saying, hey, hi, thank you, please. Like you sound simple. A lot of people don't say that shit. <laughs> yeah. When, you, like, when you're in the grocery store, for example, you know how many times this happens all the time. You walk by somebody who might've been like blatantly in your way but it's not a big deal, but they're just in your way. And so you have to go around them, but neither one of you say a single word or even look at each other. And you're both probably mad. Yeah. Or, <laughs> but you don't even look at each other. Yeah. Like you could just say, you could say anything, you know, um, but just making some sort of small talk. Yeah. Yeah. Small talk is cool. So like, um, on my notes, I had uh, being interesting is helpful or be interested. Like, it. And then I had gratitude because I think that a lot of people, this goes along with your people don't think that they have hobbies. You should look kind of at yourself and realize that you're a cool person. You know, be thankful for the experiences that you have. And there's someone who is interested. There are multiple someones who are interested in the things that you've done, even if you do nothing else. I agree. I think, cause I think most of us, you talk about being interesting and that's a great, you know, if you want to, you want to have friends, be the most interesting man in the world, right? Be that guy from the commercials. Yeah. He probably has a lot of fake friends though, too. At the yeah. same time. But a reason he's the most interesting man in the world and did all these crazy things is because nobody else did. And most people didn't. And most people yeah. feel exactly the way you feel and haven't, and don't have anything interesting about them in their own eyes. So you have more in common with people than you think. Yeah, everyone's the most interesting person, I think. Yeah. It's kind of like, I have this problem. So I'm a binger. So I fall in love with things really, Not really. Tell me, man. Me oh, too. man. So easily. Like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. But I talk to somebody who's like a logistics manager for a waste control company. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, that's it. I'm going to school for a supply chain because I'm going to be a logistic. No, no, I'm not. No, no, no. But for that moment, because they're so into it, it's it's like I'm like falling in love with that, like their energy yeah. and their passion and their interest. And that's a problem for me. Yeah. I almost had the same exact problem. I went to this. Um, it was a warehouse. It was for uh, like, I think it was Zoo Lily a warehouse for Zoo Lily. I don't know if you ever heard of Zoo Lily. They're like an e-commerce site, but it was just like a tour of the warehouse. And it was so huge and fascinating. So many moving parts and the people in charge are like conducting this whole ship and everything and a supply chain logistics and all that. And they were just so into it. Yeah. I, I was legit like, yo, this is it. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> These guys are so into it. They look like they're having a blast. They're in control of this massive warehouse that's like crazy. I was, I was like, this is it. This is the calling. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you have a st something stable in your life on the back burner. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that that could be a – they're probably doing really well right now. Well, I mean, for us, like I fall in love with something new every two weeks, every time yeah. there's a new discovery. 
you know, and I, I have my defaults. So that's why it's kind of good that I have a job. Someone who requires me to go to a certain place at a certain time. A hundred percent. I think I'm finally getting to that point in my life. Um, maturity wise where I'm like, okay, I have like a, a, a default, like you said, uh, I can do hobbies outside of that and maybe they will mold into something and maybe they won't, but at least I'm not going to like throw my life away (laughs) every two weeks trying to start over on something new. Well, when you go to your partner and you say, Hey, I have an idea, but it's going to cost $48,000. They get to talk you down from that idea. Yeah. As only it's stalling. All they have to do is stall for 10 days. Yeah. If you still want it after that, like, okay, let's, let's yeah, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Um, Another pro tip I had is that when you meet somebody and you have an interaction, the follow-up is super important. So I have this app on my phone that lets me uh, schedule a text message. And I used to use it for work to check back in on people, you know, Hey, how is, how's it going? It's been a week. Like what, what can I do for you? But imagine if Ty and I have this conversation and he tells me, you know, in two weeks I'm moving. Well, I'm not going to remember in two weeks to send him a text. So as soon as we get off, I'm going to say, Hey dude, how was the move? And I'm going to set it for two weeks and one day from now. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh man, he remembered like the exact day that I'm moving. Like, that's pretty cool. You realize no one is ever going to take any of your texts seriously now. Just you. Because everybody listens to this. Everybody. <laughs> but yeah, it's a pro tip. It's a hack and it's, a, it's cheap and it's super, super, super effective. I'm, listen, I'm going to start this company and I've sat on this one for a little while. Ty, you log in, you create an account and then you pick an event and you pick a date and a time that this thing needs to be received. So you say, my mom's birthday is Tuesday the 4th, and I want the card to be there on the 4th. So you put in all your events and a budget for each thing, and then some random person will just pick a random gift for the demographic of that person plus the holiday, and it'll just automatically get shipped out. I actually love that idea so much. Right? And you, like... You can pay for it when it ships or you can set a budget. Like my 22 year old brother, he's male. He's a kind of into a jock. You know, I have 50 bucks and then they'll just ship something out and they'll take a $5 cut off my account. But I would never, ever miss a gift ever. That would be amazing. I love that. That's beautiful. We got to dive into that at some point and start a business on it. But, uh, yeah. I just want to get back to making friends real quick. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. What was well, that? we did say and keeping friends. So remembering the, uh, the theme that I was going with there was like to keep the follow-up is important to keeping friends because they feel like you care and you can just randomly call a friend and just say, Hey man, just thinking about you. Let's talk more later. That's a good point because I don't know about you. I'm kind of generalizing here, but like how many people, males and specifically, let's say, Mm -hmm. like how many guys call their friends and just talk to them? Like, does that happen a lot? Well, I find that one of my friends who I don't see physically very often, even though we text like literally every day, we're in a group text every single day. Every time I call him, we talk for two and a half hours. 
yep, I have a friend just like that. But I don't know if that's common or not, or like how many people have those two and a half hour phone calls just once a year yeah. versus like every month or every week or whatever, like more often, you know, obviously you might not have time to do a two and a half hour call every week, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It's interesting to think like, do you ever call someone just to talk? Right, exactly. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be just calling someone just to talk. It could be just texting someone just to text, you know, mm-hmm. but just to catch up. And like you're saying, like keeping friends, the follow-up, just catching up randomly sometimes, like even if it doesn't happen naturally in the real world, because maybe you don't see each other that often or because of a coronavirus or whatever. In the like, real world, as opposed to the matrix. Yeah. So then you just like, it's, there's no shame. There's no embarrassment. There's nothing yeah. wrong with just like shooting someone a text or giving them a call and just catching up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I like, you can start with what have I been doing? I just want to tell you what I've been doing. And then, or I can say, Hey man, last time we talked to you, you were telling me about blah, blah, blah. You know, your dog, how's that going? You know, let the conversation move along at its own pace. But I think it's important to note too, because we put don't how to make friends without alcohol. Like it's really easy to fall into the trap of, Hey, you want to come over and have a couple of drinks? And it's really, really important for a friendship to be able to exist in sobriety or like purely with who you are. Yes. I think that's, that's the key here. Like, let's talk about that for a second. Why are we talking about how to do it without alcohol, for example? Cause I don't, you know, personally there, I don't see there's anything wrong with going to have a drink with a friend. Right. Like, yeah, for sure. What you do sometimes. Right. But like you just said, if that's what it revolves around, if you guys can't hang out without that, or maybe it's some other sort of vice maybe that you might have, mm-hmm. but you can't hang out without those things. And every time you hang out, it's always like this self-destructive thing, you know, even if it's, even if it's fun, you know, I'm just talking yep. about these habits that we know aren't good for us. It just can't be every time you're engaged with this friend because you're not engaged with that friend you're engaged with that friend and the substance right. that you're abusing. And it's even important to note too, like with the, we talk about um, a hobby, right? And if your hobby is the gym, if you have a really good relationship with someone in the gym, you know, they're what we call sometimes gym friends, right? Like they're, yeah, yeah. you don't hang out with them outside of the gym. So How could you're not, you? You're not that close of friends, right? You need that thing mm-hmm. to bring you together without that thing. So that's just a good metric, like you said. If you can hang out with somebody like just completely, it's like just you guys like locked in a room, mm-hmm. like that's that's how you could know if somebody was like actually your friend. That's not saying everybody needs to be that level of friend to you. You can mm-hmm. have gym friends, you can have video game friends, you can have whatever it is, photography friends, that's fine, work friends. But yeah, that's a good point. Like, can you hang out with that person without the crutch of whatever that thing is? Do you think that there's a limit on how many? So I'd call those like core friends where you guys can just sit in a living room yeah, with nothing and just kind of like entertain yourself for a little while. So do you think there's a limit on the number of core friends that you can maintain? 
I don't know if there's a limit on the possibility. Mm -hmm. I, th I think it's, if you ask me, it sounds like you probably couldn't maintain a whole lot of those people. Um, but I'll say for me personally, I know I definitely have like probably five or less. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, but maybe that's just me personally. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are people who, some people who are very extroverted or talk a lot, maybe they can actually do that with anybody, but it might not be like a back and forth sort of thing. It might just be like, they know how to, or they just naturally talk a lot or whatever. But mm -hmm. it is funny. Like my partner is an introvert and when she hangs out with somebody who does all of the talking, she is so happy. It, it, I can see that. I'm, I, sometimes I'm happy. It depends. Actually, it depends. It depends how badly I want to talk. <laughs> right? I think you're less introverted than uh, my wife, though. I don't think I'm like the most introverted person by any means. I, I, get, I get put in that category off the bat sometimes. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. The people, here's my, my analysis of myself. Okay. A, I think I give really good first impressions. I think I do really good at first impressions most of the time. Sometimes maybe I'm off, but most of the time, especially if I know that this thing is coming up and I'm preparing for it or whatever, I do really good with first impressions. After the first impression, I will then decide basically for myself how valuable that relationship is to me. <laughs> and that will determine how good the second impression and the following subsequent impressions are. And oh man. I would say that most of the people who think I'm an introvert, it's not that I'm introverted per se, although maybe I am a little, but it's more so I just don't want to talk to them. <laughs> Easy enough. Yeah. Easy enough. I feel like I'll give myself credit for one more extra step because I'm good with the, the initial follow through, you know, like, oh, let's grab lunch. And then we grab lunch. And then I just don't. It just falls off for me. Yeah, I think that's fairly common. And I think it is, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm unique in what I said. I think we all go into things with maybe like the best of intentions. Yeah. And if it wasn't like as cool as we thought it was, whether it's a date or you meeting like even potentially like a job interview or, or yeah. just meeting someone, you know, hanging out with someone for the first time and it didn't go that great, you're just, your interest is gonna fall off, you know? And you're not gonna be as enthusiastic yeah. and you're not gonna follow up as well. And that's just natural, that's okay. Yeah, I do like the idea in my head, at least for me, like I, I like meeting with somebody outside of the context where I've met them, if that makes sense. You know, so you usually meet with a group of friends or you meet doing your hobby or you meet, you know, at a bar or something like that, you meet at the gym. I wanna know, that's not enough for me to determine if this relationship is going to be like something I really want to lean into at the time. I got to take it outside of, we got to give it a second shot. Like I'll try anything twice and I'll say twice because the first time, if it's bad, it could have been a fluke. Yeah. And if it was good, it also could have been a fluke. For sure. Agreed. No, I like that idea. Like wherever you met the person or wherever you mostly see them try something else. It's really more of a test, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a first date. You know, you meet yeah. somebody and then you ask them out and then you go on a date and then you're like, eh, eh. yeah, but like all these things, 
the common theme again just seems to be like stepping outside of your comfort zone and doing these things because I think most people want to do these types of things maybe not every specific thing that you suggest maybe not everybody wants to go to the driving range but some people do a lot of people do dude I'm terrible at golfing and if someone asked I would say yes because it's super fun 100 percent, it's super fun yeah so like I don't know I could think of I could easily list 10 people right now who I don't hang out with ever, but who I could ask them to go to the driving range, you know, like something like as simple as that. It would just be a matter of me stepping outside of my comfort zone and doing it. All right. Before we finish this episode up, give me three non-alcohol or substance related, non-fitness related because we'll take the gym out of the equation, activities that you would want to do with somebody for a first date as a friend, a friend date. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll throw in what I just said, golf, throw that in. Yeah. Yeah. Now maybe like a nine hole course. Cause you don't want to be stuck with them too long if it doesn't go well. <laughs> I thought you were talking driving range or mini golf. Maybe, maybe oh. driving range is the better option, but you know, my driving game isn't good. So like, it's going to be, super bad uh impression if that's how they're measuring me at that point usually those places have like go-karts too so that's a pretty fun thing to do that's always fun too so that's one for me why don't you give me one while i think of another i knew you were going to ask me that as soon as i asked you and i knew i had to think of one and i didn't even think of one while i was waiting for this moment all right so i think what you do is you go you get a shooting lesson oh shooting shooting range great anything with range. range in the name oh yeah there you go to do that stuff a cooking range so so another one of my answers is pick a recipe that you've never cooked before and something that's a little bit more complex and that can be a fun thing to do with somebody yeah yeah that's true trying to you both make the recipe together but you both do it slightly different and then you see how it turns out right i like that yeah i'm trying to think of something trying to think of something that maybe you wouldn't need the other person wouldn't need any experience in. So that's a good one. Cooking the ranges. Those are good ones. I mean, hmm. what else would I want a lesson in? You could, um, I was going to say buy a block of wood and then have a, uh, two sharp knives and you each have a carving target or you could do a Bob Ross painting, but now it's just sounding like real date ideas. Well, no, actually that's exactly where my brain was going too. When you just said that real date ideas, mm-hmm. it could be, Oh, whoops. That was the, uh, the timer. No, it could be, um, you're in a relationship, double date, right? Double date. Oh, that's a great one. So go to an escape room or something. Oh like that. God. Escape rooms are the best. They're the literally they're the best. That's, that's even more perfect when you find out that this, that you're in a relationship and they're in a relationship, double date. It's a perfect idea. Yeah. Especially in escape room. Shout out to escape room. I feel like we should end on that one. All right, cool. I got us off the hook. (laughs) Yes. Everybody go to an escape room. That's a super fun thing that you can do with a bunch of people. Yeah. Also, I just want to shout out what I've been into again. I said it already, but go online, take a lesson. And if you like to learn languages, you can do that. And you can talk to people who are on the other side of the world and you can build a friendship that way. Yeah. Join Ty's language learning for dummies website. Yeah. 
I'll teach you my language, my own yes. meetup language. Hey, you got some pretty good body language. I've been around you for a while. Hey. Hey. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. On, uh, I'm glad we got to talk about how to make and keep friends. We did some bro science and some how to get some good critique and give it to. I'm super glad that you guys were here to join us. Remember, like, follow, subscribe. We were on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud. We'll be all over the place. Uh, if you guys have any questions, make sure to leave us some comments below and we'll answer in the following episodes. That casually fit life. Boom.